Good morning, everyone. Happy Easter. It's so wonderful to see you here this morning. I am honored. We are honored that you have chosen to be here this morning. I invite you to stand and join me in our call to worship this morning. Will you please stand? After a night of darkness, we come in the bright light of this Easter morning. We come in search of something. We come in search of the living one, the resurrected one. We come with eyes open to the dark emptiness of the tomb. We come with ears tuned to hear the angel's proclamation. Christ is not here, for he is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Will you join me for a moment of prayer? Almighty God, we know that Christ was risen, that he is risen indeed. And on this Easter morning, we come into your house of praise, celebrating the joy of the empty tomb. Death has lost its sting. New life is found in your risen son, Jesus the Christ. As we lift our voices in praise this morning, let our praises echo through your mighty halls. Meet us here in this space. It's in the name of your son, Jesus, that we pray and everyone said, amen. amen. Well, welcome again to Redeemer on this beautiful Easter morning. Uh, the scripture says, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. The Lord is our strength and our song. He has become our victory. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. We are so glad that you are here today to worship with us. I hope that if you are a guest today with us, that you will not only experience great hospitality, but uh, a meaningful touch in your life from the resurrected Christ whom we serve. Through the centuries, Christians have greeted each other with the words, Christ is risen, and the response, he is risen indeed. We say that this morning because more than 2,000 years ago, there were people who literally saw the risen Christ. They were witnesses of the resurrection, and seeing Jesus alive changed them forever. The good news for us is that they weren't just people who saw the risen Jesus, they were also witnesses to the risen Christ. They were people who told others about him, and their testimony has changed the world. Today we're going to look at one of those witnesses and how she saw, uh, what she saw changed how she uh, changed her and how what she said and how she went on to live changed her world. Today we're going to look at... Um, the very first witness, and I invite you to hear these words from the gospel according to St. John. Early on Sunday morning, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She ran and found Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved. She said, they have taken the Lord's body out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. Peter and the other disciple started out for the tomb. They were both running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He stooped and looked in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter arrived and went inside. He also noticed the linen wrappings lying there while the cloth that had covered Jesus' head was folded up and lying apart from the other wrappings. Then the disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in and he saw and he believed. For until then, they still didn't, uh, hadn't understood the scriptures that said Jesus must rise from the dead. And then they went home. Mary was standing outside the tomb, crying. And as she wept, she stooped and looked in. 
she saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they've taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they have put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said, and she turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which is Hebrew for teacher. The very first person to see Jesus alive was a woman by the name of Mary Magdalene. Mary's witness is not just recorded in the Gospels, but her witness is also has turned out to be um, in one of the older hymns of the church. It's in a hymn called In the Garden. And the first verse of that hymn goes like this. I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses, and the voice I hear falling on my ear, the Son of God discloses. And he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. Now I confess that while I grew up in the church and probably sang that song hundreds and hundreds of times, I never knew that it was written from the perspective of Mary Magdalene. It was Mary who first went to the garden alone to the place of the tomb where Jesus had been buried and she went there early in the morning. And when she arrived, she found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. She didn't see Jesus at that moment, nor did she know what happened to him, but she was quick to give witness to what she saw. Mary ran back and told the disciples what she saw, and they in turn ran to the tomb for themselves. They also found the tomb empty, and the grave clothes were there. And John's account says that they saw and they believed. Now let's be clear, they didn't believe that Jesus was alive, not yet at least. They just believed Mary's witness that the tomb was empty. And when the disciples left the garden, Mary stayed behind. And it was Mary who lingered at the last place where she had been, uh, where Jesus had been because she loved Jesus very much and she didn't know where else to go or well, what else to do. You know, there's been a lot written over the years about Mary Magdalene, and it's helpful maybe to separate some fact from fiction. There is no evidence that Mary and Jesus were married and had a family, as some have imagined. But it is clear that Mary was a follower of Jesus. And if women had been allowed to be considered disciples in those days, Mary would certainly have been one of those disciples. We know that Mary was not married because women at that time were usually identified by the men in their lives. Mary Magdalene was not Mary the wife of or the daughter of or the mother of anyone. She was simply Mary Magdalene, which means she was Mary from the city of Magdala. Where we find the most information about Mary is in Luke's gospel, the eighth chapter. And we know that Mary traveled with Jesus and she and some other women helped finance the ministry of Jesus. We also discover that the reason Mary was committed to Jesus is because she, uh, he had changed her life. At some point during her life, Mary had been plagued by seven demons. Now, these demons may have actually been 
demonic spirits, but they also could have been some kind of disease or mental illness, which were often thought of as demons in those days. Whatever it was, Jesus healed her and he transformed her life. And Mary was so grateful and so devoted to Jesus that she gave up everything and followed him. She gave her life to help him and the disciples. There's, there are some who say that Mary Magdalene was also the prostitute named Mary whom Jesus had forgiven and the one who had anointed Jesus with perfume and washed his feet with her hair. And while she could have been, we don't know that for sure. But if she was, the love and devotion seen by Mary at the end of Jesus' life would make sense because Jesus was one of the only religious leaders who showed concern and compassion for prostitutes and other sinners, and the grace and mercy Jesus offered them gave them new life. What is clear is that Mary Magdalene had a strong love for Jesus and was devoted to him, and she traveled with him and the disciples and, and had made this journey to Jerusalem with them. So we know that Mary was there when Jesus entered the city of Jerusalem at the time of the Passover. She was probably among the crowd of people crying out, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord on Palm Sunday. Mary was probably around at the time of the Last Supper, maybe even helped cook or prepare the meal that, that the disciples ate. Mary certainly heard about the arrest and the trial and may have been even standing in the crowd, heartbroken, terrified when people were shouting, crucify him. Mary may have even walked the streets with Jesus as he carried his cross, because Luke's gospel tells us that there were women who wept with Jesus as he made his way to Calvary. We do know that Mary was nearby when Jesus died. You see, for Mary, the tomb of Jesus marked the end of all of her hopes and dreams. She had given her life to Jesus, and her love for him was strong, and now he was dead. And to, to add to her pain, her, his body was gone. Mary was devastated, and her world became empty. In Mary's heart and mind, it seems like evil had won. The world became this dark and desperate place, and Mary's not thinking she will ever see Jesus alive again. She's only thinking that he's dead. Somehow, someone has stolen his body, and evil has triumphed over good and death over life. And so Mary stands in the garden feeling what many of us may feel at times, that the world is this dark and desperate place, and what we see around us is that evil and hatred seem some days to rule the day, bombings in many of our cities, school shootings, heroin epidemic, all drive home that point. And we feel that weight of darkness that comes with the violence of terrorism. We feel the hopeless division and anger we see sometimes in the political arena. We feel the desperation that comes with the illness of a loved one or maybe our own battle with cancer. And like Mary, we stand disappointed in those moments when our future seems desperate and our lives seem, falling up, seem like they're falling apart. But then in an instant, in an instant, everything can change. The second verse of that old hymn says, He speaks, and the sound of his voice is so sweet, the birds hush their singing. And the melody that he gave to me within my heart is ringing. And he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. You see, it was one simple word that turned Mary's whole world around. 
When Jesus called her by name, Mary, there was recognition. And in that recognition, in looking up and seeing the risen Christ, everything in Mary's life changed. Good had triumphed over evil. Life triumphed over death. Sin and hatred and sickness and disease did not have the final say because God's love won. And that is the Easter story. That is what seeing Jesus alive suddenly revealed to Mary, that the power of God is greater than all the forces of darkness and evil that we see in this world. The power of love and goodness are stronger than the powers of violence. And hatred and even, you know, if you're walking through that dark and difficult time yourself today, there is always hope. There's always hope because Christ is risen and Jesus is alive. Mary, seeing Jesus alive again, tells us that all the forces of hatred and evil and envy that tried to keep Jesus down and destroy him did not win, and they never will win. It might seem like that at times. The world sometimes seems a little shadowy, and we walk through some pretty dark valleys, and sometimes our lives feel a little hopeless, but the message of this day is that God wins. The Apostle Paul said in Romans 8:37, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Some translations of the Bible use the descriptive phrase, we are more than conquerors. We don't just win, we more than win. We win today and tomorrow, and we win every day that comes. And the victory isn't because we're good and strong, but because Jesus is. The victory is ours through Jesus Christ who overcame sin and death and therefore there is nothing in this world that can keep us down forever. Sure, problems will come and we're going to struggle with some things in our life but there is no power, there's no disappointment, there's no disease, there's no depression, no despair that will ever be victorious if our hope and our trust is in Jesus Christ because the fullness of darkness was destroyed with the risen Jesus, and that's what Mary witnessed. See, even death itself was destroyed, and part of the Easter story uh, we need to remember and celebrate each year is the triumph of life over death. Sometimes this is really hard to grab a hold of because since the very first Easter, everyone has died. Death comes to everyone, and we see death as a common enemy that we all work hard to fight off, but we can face death very differently if we know that death does not have the final word. For the believer, this life does not end in nothingness, but in new life. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the Apostle Paul says, then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Death is swallowed up in victory. Death has been swallowed up in victory, and that victory comes through Jesus Christ. For those who trust and believe that death has been swallowed up in the risen Jesus, you see, funerals are never the final goodbye. They are a temporary farewell because there is resurrection coming for all of us. This is the song that is given to us by the risen Jesus, and this is what needs to ring within our hearts and lives because this is the power that can change us. 
Seeing Jesus alive turned everything around for Mary. Seeing Jesus alive gave her hope and her life could continue to be filled with God's grace and God's love. It gave her hope that her future could be bright and once again filled with meaning and purpose. She could see in Jesus the power of good over evil and life over death and that changed everything for Mary and it can change everything for us. If we will just open our eyes and our hearts. When we are able to see the living Jesus in the words of Mary's testimony and the witness of others who also saw and experienced the living Christ, and when we are able to allow this vision to open us up to experiencing the risen Jesus for ourselves, our lives will change. But we'll also be sent out on a mission. The next verse to the hymn in the garden says, I'd stay in the garden with him, though the night around me be falling. But he bids me go through the voice of woe. His voice to me is calling. And he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. You see, Mary would have stayed right there in the garden with Jesus. She would have clung to him with all she had. She would never have let him go. But that was not what God called her to do. God doesn't call any of us to witness the living Christ and then hang on to him. He calls us to witness the living Christ and then share him with others. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father, but go find my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. And then she gave them his message. You see, going and telling others that you have seen the Lord is not just an Easter message, it is an Easter mission. Mary wasn't called to stay in the garden and hang on to Christ. She was called to go and be a witness to the living Jesus. Mary was to go and tell the disciples that he was alive. But I don't think her witness stopped there. Mary was a follower of Jesus, and so we know that she was a leader in some way, and while it's not recorded for us, it seems very likely that she continued to tell people that Jesus was alive. See, Mary shows us that our mission as followers of Jesus Christ is to be witnesses of the love and the resurrection in the world around us. We're not called to stay in the garden. We're not called to stay in church or Sunday school or even in our homes clinging to what we believe. We are called to go out into the world and give witness to the living Christ. We're called to share the good news that Jesus defeated death and forgives sin and overcomes evil with good and we're to work on bringing that hope and light into the dark places of our world. Our mission as the church is to give witness to Jesus and to bring light and hope into the world. So today, I invite you to be that kind of witness. When we share the Easter story, when we share the love of God or reach out to help somebody in need, we are being witnesses of the resurrection and showing the world that the power of Jesus is greater than the power of darkness. And when we give our time and our energy and our compassion to someone else, we are breaking the power of sin in, their, in our lives and overcoming evil in our world. When we love and serve others, we are shining forth the light of God's love and offering hope to the world around us. So I want to invite you to be part of the Easter story and to witness to the living Jesus by sharing the love of God 
in both word and action where God has placed you. Find someone who might need your love and reach out to those who might need your help. Make a difference in people's lives. If you're looking for a way to help somebody locally, please think about being part of one of our outreach ministries here at Redeemer. We go out into the community as a church to give witness to the living Jesus. It's just one way we as a congregation seek to offer hope and love and life, the life of Jesus to the world. Whatever we are able to do today and in the days to come, may we do it knowing that God will bless our efforts and he will give us the strength and the courage that we need to go out into the world because we don't do it alone. The living Christ goes with us and we know this because Jesus is alive. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Loving God, long ago, faithful women proclaimed the good news of Jesus' resurrection, and the world was changed forever. So teach us to keep faith with them, that our witness may be as bold, our love as deep, and our faith as true. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.